It's the Bible Rundown with Pastor Rob, Pastor David. We're in day 43, only two chapters today, Rob, but there's a lot in here. And a cool connection to Matthew with what we're talking about first, though, in Leviticus 13 with these skin diseases and and issues with our bodies. But um, we know that this is not like medical literature, right? Like when if we were talking to some of our uh church members that are physicians or have gone through medical school or maybe are going through it now, uh, they're not looking to Leviticus to define all these various skin diseases. So why are they included in here and what does it mean for the people of Israel and for us? Again, we're looking at uh, Leviticus in the sense that God's now dwelling among his people. How will God's people enter into fellowship with him. This is the this is the overall structure of Leviticus is is not only are they are they justified by the sacrifice the sacrifices and the blood covering their sins, but then they are sanctified by those 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 animals now going up in a sweet aroma to God. And then after that's done, they have fellowship with the living God. And so that's kind of how we should operate in our lives is we should think about our salvation, our sanctification is bringing us toward fellowship with the one true God. And so in Leviticus, what we see now is the uncleanliness breaks that fellowship with God because he is righteous and holy and his wrath is poured out. And so this uncleanliness or sickness, if you will, on the skin is a result of what? The sin and the brokenness of a fall. And it cannot be in the presence of God. And so not only is it good for the community by taking a leprous person or a skin disease person outside of the community, but it also is is so that the people can have fellowship with the one true God in the dwelling place that he is in. Yeah. No, I think it's great. And what a cool connection to Christ. Yesterday we talked about uh, after childbirth, the, these rules that God was giving to the Israelites about a woman being unclean, and then now we're talking about leprosy, and who are individuals that both touch Jesus and are healed, and Jesus touches or are healed? Well, we have the woman who was bleeding, and interesting that Luke, who himself was a physician by trade, really jumps on that story mm-hmm. of a woman being healed of this years of, of having this condition, And then what we're going to look at in Matthew 26, Simon the leper, one that is, you know, coming down with these skin diseases of some type that we just read about in Leviticus, and Jesus is in his own house. But that is the perfect picture, isn't it, of God entering into the depths of of our own sin to rescue us. But what do you see in Matthew 26? God himself entering into the unclean world to make it clean. Mm-hmm. And what a beautiful picture. As we talk about all these clean laws in Leviticus, Jesus himself is entering into the house of Simon the leper. And we have this woman who pours out this expensive ointment. And they're like, well, you should have, you should have given this to the poor. And Jesus is like, no. Uh, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And so this idea that Christ comes first. Mm-hmm. He comes first before good works. He comes first before what we do and what we say. Our worship of the Lord is utmost important in our lives. And then you have uh, this, this, this 
the Lord's Supper, or the Last Supper, if you will, with institution of the Lord's Supper with the disciples. What do you see there? Well, when we read the Old Testament, there are these three feasts that are given by God for the Israelites to remember. The Feast of Unleavened Bread was Passover. Mm. How cool is it that Jesus is taking with them the meal that we just saw accounted for in Exodus, right? right? With how was salvation given to God's people and they were separated from his judgment against the Egyptians by the blood of the lamb, unblemished, right, on the doorposts of their house. And so, again, the culmination of the Lord's Supper for us is that the Passover is now being replaced as not any longer being a sign of salvation, but really being, uh, in a way, the the culmination of what God had promised all along, that he would save his people, and now he's doing it through the life of his own son. Yeah, and and this is an interesting. This is this is the institution of the Lord's Supper. He's taking this Passover meal and he's he's referring to himself. Mm-hmm. And that's what all the Old Testament is written towards is referring to Christ and so we partake of this meal. It's it's this partaking of this meal with the Lord himself in what he has done in reminding us uh, that he's coming again, that he's poured out his blood, he's, his body is broken for us. Um, and so, you know, when we talk about the Lord's Supper, it is an important part of what we do. Mm-hmm. And we need to come before the Lord uh, not only in the right way, but also understanding the depth of what he has done for us and understanding this gospel. Uh, well, <clears throat> then we have Peter. You're studying Peter right now in your class. Tell us about Peter. Yeah, you know, on the heels of, of Judas being excused from the group as the one who's going to betray Christ, uh, Peter himself will betray Christ in a, in a sad scene. And Jesus warns him that this will be the case, and, and Peter refuses it, right? Even if I'm going to die with you, Jesus, I'll never deny you. Um, famous last words for Peter, but we'll see a beautiful picture of reconciliation, especially at the end of the Gospel of John with Jesus and Peter. But I think what what attracts me to Christ even more is that he does not surround himself with perfect people. Mm. He surrounds himself with those that truly love him and want to be with him. And and Peter's a great reminder for us um, that the Lord strengthens our faith. Here's a man without being filled with the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes on the scene in Acts chapter 2, Peter is going to be empowered and in every way look like the rock upon which Jesus promised he was going to build his church. And I think the same is true for us. Uh, God is building our faith, persevering it to the end so that we will not fail. Why? Because he's the one that's not going to allow our faith to fail. And that's, I think, the story of Peter, really. Yeah, Peter's the story of us, right? We Mm -hmm. all mess up. We've all turned our face away from Christ, and we need the grace of God to be able to continue in the work of God for his glory. Thus, the Peter, the Peter story actually gives us a lot of hope and a lot of faith that God is going to bring us through to the end, David. Yeah. And he's going to bring us through all the way through the Bible rundown. Absolutely. Well, enjoy your day. <laughs>